from the pages of Wrestling Remembered comes Where Are They Now? Our own Jimmy Farrow. Even though Jimmy's missing in action from the show for the past couple months, his chair is just waiting for his return. Currently, Farrow is on break from the show and is soaking up the sun with his love in Florida. Ron Shaw. Last we saw Ron, he and Monty buried the hatchet on an episode of Monty and the Pharaoh. Since then, Ron was seen threatening to punch a director after not receiving a role on the senior edition of the Jersey Shore. Currently, he can be seen beating up drunks at his country club. John Cena Sr. John Cena Sr. quickly became a friend of the show during the Thursday Night Wars. Currently, Mr. Cena can be found making his world-famous hot sauce. Daniela Petro. Former co-host Daniela was terminated for breaking the code of conduct of Monty and the Pharaoh and has returned to a life of irrelevance and posting about Matt Riddle on X.com. That's all for this week. Make sure to check out Wrestling Remembered for your weekly dose of wrestling history. Welcome back to Long Island's number one pro wrestling broadcast, Monty and the Fire Only Seen here out of Indie Music Televisions in Ron Kakama, New York. Guys, I want to welcome you to this go-home show before Christmas. I'm sorry for the late start. Um, our guest um, is running a little bit late. Uh, he got stuck at work, but he should be joining us shortly. Abe is watching to see... Uh, Look, he just, he just, he, he said, um, probably another 20 minutes, Abe, so we'll just run a show without him. Um, see what goes on. Hold on. Just, just texting him. If not, we're going to have to run this alone. Not good for the go home show. Um, all right, guys, sorry about that. So, couple things going on uh, with the show. We all know that Jimmy is down in Florida. Jimmy uh, obviously is trying to reestablish himself in his new home. We've been t talking about him trying to find some time coming on Thursdays and being back on Monty and Faro. <clears throat> and uh, so we got a lot of work there. Abe has been working production at the board. Uh We've got a lot of new shows on the channel. Uh, we've got True Crime, which is a crime show. We've got uh, a baseball show, Twin Bill. I don't know if Benny could correct that. Um, what do you call it? Uh, 
we got? We got so many different shows. Sorry, I'm a little off base here because I just had expected my guest to be on time, and I verified with him numerous times. So I am sorry if I'm disappointing everybody. Um, B40, maybe we'll just go this route. Maybe I'll just answer questions about the show, maybe a quarterly update. So you're asking what about Skinner? Did he chicken out on Sunday? No, um, Skinner was all set to be in studio, um, and I I personally decided that I was not going to do the show with him. Uh, My original plan was to interview him and then ask him, eventually ask him the questions about what his thought process was about the no-show, and um, wasn't probably for it. I probably wasn't in the best mood, and I wasn't going to be professional like I usually am. I mean, I know I ask hard questions, or we ask hard questions here, but um, I don't think I was going to be highly professional with Steve Kern. I'll give you a few reasons. Number one, because he decided uh, I wanted to approach our interview the first time differently. He decided that uh, Jimmy and myself didn't understand pro wrestling or his thought press of his his generation. You guys watched that show where we had the blank couch, right? My other point was, um, I'll be 100% honest with you, uh, Steve Kern, who I've heard a lot of not-so-great stories about, um, you know, sits there and you know preaches the Word of God all the time on social media, whatever else he does. And, uh, you know, I just... Not, not a fan, not a fan. Um, just, just, I don't appreciate unprofessionalism. And in, in the recent weeks of doing this show, um, the unprofessionalism I've seen recently has been utterly ridiculous, right? Um, we could start with uh, when Jimmy left the show. Um, Let me see. B40 said, Kern, respect, he was over for two weeks in, in uh, Pensacola in 82. Too funny. So it starts when Jimmy leaves, right? I decide, and even Jimmy and I were talking before he left the Florida that I wanted to bring a female host in, hence the gimmick of Jenny, Jenny Farrow, right? Um, Jimmy doesn't really have a sister, right? But we just thought it would be a funny gimmick. And I was talking to a few people that were interested in the role. um, But towards the end, uh, that was before Jimmy was going to leave, right? So we were like, we'll bring this person on. We we run this gimmick, right? Just entertainment, have a good time. And then Jimmy obviously goes to Florida, right? You know, life happens and that's the movie had to make. And I totally get it. So I make the uh, now unwise decision to bring in what's-her-name, right? So uh, I thought, considering all her social media posts and everything else, that she would be good for the show. Um, Jimmy 
reached out to me and he he wasn't happy with that choice right and a few of you people have re- reached out to me and said they will they, it was they didn't like her either right but you know when i get my head stuck on something i think i can manage it through and i thought that would definitely be be the case um but obviously i was wrong um which is uh purely represented on the weekend then when that person came up here to New York, it was probably, I got to tell you, one of the worst weekends in my most recent life I've ever had. I mean, it was a living torture from the minute that plane landed until the minute that plane left New York. So, um, I mean, so that's that's where we're going. So, again, when we bring on a lot of these wrestlers, you know, most of them come on for free, depending on the situation. Some want to be paid. It depends on the situation, right? So we have a lot of sponsors that sponsor the show, things like that. But in recent in recent weeks, I've run, in, I've run across some, some major issues with some sponsors and, and uh, them being professional, right? So if you make a... Uh, an agreement with me and the show. The expectation is you're supposed to be there. Danny, he's running late. He's stuck at work again. I don't. He may not. He may no show me. I don't know. I mean, I confirmed with him Tuesday, Wednesday, and then I confirmed with him today. And then he said he was stuck at work and he'd be half an hour late. So we pushed the show half an hour. Now he's telling me he's running behind again. So hopefully he comes on. If not, we'll do the best we can to entertain. Um, I would ex- expect out of this show I would give you guys more going into Christmas. I wanted you guys to have something to sink your teeth into before you have a wonderful Christmas with your family. So hence we talked about that. Uh, we've, dis- we've discussed the return of Jimmy. Um, the one, you know, uh, how to, what a day wants to be interviewed instead. Um, Joe, yeah, that'd be great. <laughs> um, how do I put this? So being, I've been in this, what, we've been in this three, four, five years, and we've had some really great moments with people, and uh, we've tried to do our best to entertain people, but I will tell you that, Jimmy and myself both agree on this, that we've never run across so much nonsense and BS through our lives. It's, it's, been, it's been crazy, crazy, crazy. And it's amazing. And maybe, uh, you know, maybe I'm just, I don't know, what's the word when you're... Uh, uh, maybe I'm just like, naive, Abe. What do you think about that? I mean, there were a lot of things that were kind of unforeseeable, you know. I mean, I, you know, you, you, you got to put your trust into people sometimes, and sometimes people don't reciprocate, you know. But you see, here's the, here's the funny thing. And, you know, we were just, uh, we had the question in the 30, right? So this is guy on X... <clears throat> And he's complaining about, and maybe throw up some pictures, that Alexa Bliss's manager, 
like he had some kind of deal with them and the manager got whatever he was getting for and then sent a check to this fan and then the check was a completely fake check now you could be naive right that's naive right you're in your basement whatever you do and if you think at any point that you have the business sense or Alexa Bliss is actually going to reach out to you and do business with you because you're just so hot and she just wants this young man in her life. You know, the big joke I always say is like, if you like, a, like, just say you're a fan of Alexa Bliss and you like her page or you follow them, somehow, whatever they use, uh, you know, spam mail or however they work, you'll get... You know, Alexa Bliss dash 124, you know, writing you and say, oh, you're so handsome. You know, what's your name? I'm so glad you're my fan and blah, blah, blah. So this dude, whatever deal he does, he gets a fake check. I mean, in that point, I kind of get it, right? Like, you're an idiot. Like, you're an idiot to even fall for that. I mean, even in this, in this, uh, this podcasting thing, you've got people that reach out to you, right? And they say to you, Oh, I can help your show. I can do all this, and uh, I can get you more views, organic views, and everything else. Oh, what's the cost? Oh, it's only cost you three hundred fifty dollars a month. And you know, I can only imagine all the hungry podcasters. Forget about the wrestling podcasters, but just the hungry podcasters out there that just fall into that bait alone, right? Um, and the reality of it is, if if anyone doesn't understand this, right, that, okay, there there is obviously something called bots, right? You can buy bots, and bots will get you views, and then I guess if you have a whole bunch of views, people think you're something special. At least that's the idea behind it. So some dude puts together a business plan, and he tells you, pay me 350 bucks, and he pays, what, 80 bucks for bots? shows you that he's doing something for you and in the end he's making you know a hundred percent profit on every sucker that falls for this nonsense right so like i'm a big analytics guy in my job and i'm a big analytics person and that's why i love youtube right youtube has every analytic there's no one can tell me anything different right so i got people like uh, i'll use bruce for example so eso good friend of the show i consider him a good friend of mine right he actually um he controls the show now. I actually have given him full access to the YouTube channel. Um, I'm going to give him full access to the Facebook channel. But he asks me questions all the time, right? And, you know, Bruce is kind of new to it, and he kind of asks questions that newbies ask, right? Like, why isn't this happening or why isn't that happening, right? And there's there's so much involved in this. And, and the bottom line is that if you're trying to build something, again, this is not – wasn't Jimmy's real job. It's not my real job. It was these two old guys who liked wrestling and decided to do a show for shits and giggles. And then people started watching and we enjoyed it. Right. And, but in order to that, you have to keep reinvesting the money you make, right? You can't take the money and put it in your pocket. Right. So like, this is a real television studio I'm in right now. So the one thing we didn't want to do was do like everybody else does, right? Either just do audio or sit at your computer and talk to someone. Anyone could do that, right? And you know what? Some people do well at it, right? Like, you know, 
again, I'm not a fan of Dutch Mantel. I'm just not. I I don't find him entertaining. I know I'm not in the percentage that does, right? A lot of people like him, obviously. So obviously the kid from England, right, he does that thing from on a computer with Dutch Mantel. They 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 record it. He probably cuts out all the garbage in there, right? So it's it's not live broadcasting, right? So and and it makes sense. And he probably does pretty well for himself because he wouldn't be doing it. And Dutch Mantel ain't doing that for free, man. Okay, understand this. Dutch Mantel is not going on to YouTube for free, okay? So there must be some kind of payment agreement, and the kid from England must be making enough money that he's able to support himself. And uh, from what I understand, he is married, right, from talking to the wrestlers who've been on the show. So he's paying Dutch Mantel, and he's probably making enough money off that, right? I mean, Christ Almighty, anytime that dude posts a video, there's 50,000 views on it. So, you know, if if the retention time is enough, the kids the kids making money. Um, that's just the, that's just the way this whole thing this whole thing works. So we've had the honor to have a lot of these wrestlers in the studio um, that have uh, you know entertained us all for a very very long time, and um, it's been fun. Um, you know, some of them I consider friends. But I want you guys to understand this too, is that they're not your friend, right? It's like we 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 talk on the phone. Um, I could tell you I, there's 10 wrestlers I may talk on the phone to or speak on the phone to regularly, every, you know, every week at least, right? It's not me calling them, right? It's either them calling me. But... They're not your friend, right? There's an end game to this. There's always an end game. They're always working. They're always working. They're always working. So when someone thinks that, you know, these guys are your friends, they're not. They've been brought up in an industry where they've been taught to take every single penny from every fan. This is fact, Okay, this is not make-believe. If anyone wants to tell you anything different, it's what it is. So it's funny. When you talk about Marathi, for example, me and Jimmy personally were not big fans of his in the beginning, meaning fans, meaning that we just didn't think he was a good person, right? And, again, you know, newbie, we were, we were new, pretty much babes in the woods, so the way we looked at it was that, you know, he was mean to the wrestlers and took advantage of the wrestlers, yada, yada, yada. Well, you know, in the reality of it, guys, when I look at it all and they, you, know, you come full circle, the first channel gets knocked out, you know, we've done all these interviews, we've met all these people, um, we've had dinner with them, whatever else, Marathi was just protecting Marathi because Marathi knew that he was going to probably going to be worked. Um, ESO is talking. I saw, uh, well, see, RJ says you're right, Monty, and a lot will get offended by pointing that out. Well, thank you, brother. I mean, this is facts. So I kind of understand where Marathi's coming from. 
right? I, I totally get it now. I understand because now uh, firsthand. ESO says he saw it firsthand with Jerry Sags and Aaron Sims going at it. So the story behind that is we have a bunch of sponsors, and part of the deal is the sponsors want some autographs. So they, you know, some have restaurants, things like that. They want autographs put on the sign. So when an agent comes here, part of the deal is they have to give me 10 signed photos, right, because I have 10 sponsors that want these photos. Now, I'm not always privy, privy, uh, privy to everything that goes on here, right, because I'm in the studio setting up, making sure everything's going, uh, going properly, things like that. ESO was down in here in New York, and he was taking care of some of my business for me, right, and making sure things were signed. I have, uh, I have people that enjoy the show, and a lot of time, and, it's, and again, let me put it this way, the, the, the real trust and the real people out there are the people right now watching this show or right now that write me and tell me how much they enjoy the show. Why are they the real people? Because you're honest, caring people. This is fact, and I'll use an example. I have one person, I won't name him, he watches the show regularly, and he'll send me things to be signed, right, because he knows wrestlers are coming in. Now, in this world that I've seen since doing the show, half the time people would take advantage and steal the shit or do something with it. I have one guy that waited eight months to get his stuff signed. It was sitting in my man cave because of my connection to the wrestler he wanted to have signed. It just kept falling through. So, and that's why I say you guys are real, right? Every one of you are real. Um... So anyway, ESO is in the back, and Sims, who's the agent, you know, knows what our deal is, and he's getting the 10 pictures signed. But what does he do? He tells Sags, sign 25 pictures. And Sags is like, for what? He goes, Monty sponsors. So always being worked, right? And good. Sims is a friend of mine, but I called him out on this too because I told him, don't use my name for shit, right? Don't do that. So he wanted to get extra autographs, 15 extra autographs, which he'll sell to the general public like all of us for 40 bucks, 30 bucks, 20 bucks. It's all free, right? So now you have the Nasty Boy signature. 20 times 10, 200. 20 times 20, that's $400 in Eric Sims' pocket. Using my names. That's the way it is. And you know what? That's that's the one thing I do enjoy about the show. When I have a wrestler on the couch, I don't try to embarrass them, but I will ask the hard question. Because you know what? There's there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of nonsense going on. And the one thing I don't accept from anybody is disrespecting me or disrespecting my friends, right? Or disrespecting my family. So... Again, Luce, thank you. Luce, always has been by our side since the minute we started this show, or at least within the first year anyway. Always has had our back. Always a good guy. Always took care of us. Um, I'll, be, I'll be honest out there. Luce, you, Luce wrote me a few times, and right? Luce, and you can verify this. You told me that co-host was a mistake, right? And I didn't argue with you. I just said, trust in Monty, I think I said. But just like, you know. I'll admit it. When I'm wrong, I'm wrong. Um, we've we've seen we've seen a lot of stuff here. Um, I got to tell you, just I try to answer every comment on all our social media pages to the best of my ability. 
and like one example, um, some of the things that are said about the wrestlers alone is rough, right? It's okay to not like someone, disagree, but some of the things people say about, like, I mean, I use Terry Reynolds, for example. I have a very soft spot for Terry Reynolds. She came here in the studio. She was really, uh, really, to me, was a very nice person. I, you know, again, I don't know what issues she has or whatever else. I, I'm not privy to that. I don't know that. All I know is the person I met in the studio, and she was a very nice, uh, seemed very caring person. And, you know, clearly we discussed this with her relationship with New Jack. And, you know, again, there's always two stories to everything that goes on here in life, right? With us, with the show, whatever else goes on. And the way people tear apart Terry Reynolds on social media, it's like, I just don't get it. I don't get it at all. I mean, here you go, two people get in a relationship. Obviously, there's uh, intimacy in those relationships, and I'm sorry, you know, whatever problems Terry had or whatever else with New Jack, I don't think at any point, and I mean this, that she should, he should have been revealing what was going on sexually in the bedroom with them. That, with those videos I saw, I just didn't make any sense to me whatsoever. It's like, how would you want to tear someone down like that and humiliate them? And then, obviously, people who see those videos, they, they hold it as the truth. And I'm not saying it's not the truth. What I'm trying to say to you is that they'll sit there and then they'll, they'll just talk like they know about it and destroy someone. And I'm thinking to myself, boy, oh, boy, if you're in this role of fame at some point, how do you handle that kind of abuse? I don't know. I I I'm I I could certainly understand why certain people would probably check out. You know, um, Phil, you're bringing up the Iron Claw, right? Now, I'm a huge Von Erich guy, and more importantly, I'm a huge Kerry Von Erich guy, right? I just, for whatever reason, growing up, I thought Kerry Von Erich was one of the greatest of all time, and here's a guy who made it um, in wrestling, NWA world champion, clearly had some drug issues, um, and we all know the story. When he got caught with prescription drugs, there was no doubt he was going to jail. Instead of going to jail, he decided to shoot himself in the chest. But I thought to myself, like, wow, here's Kerry Von Erich. Why would he have killed himself? Why not just, like, hang out and just do the couple of years you got and get out of jail? And then I look like a guy like Ken Patera. This guy who spent a lot of time in jail for literally throwing a boulder through a McDonald's window, right? I mean, some people get less for more. I mean, let's just use Sonny, for example. I mean, how many chances did that girl get without going to jail? Ken Patera will never live down that until the day he dies, that McDonald's deal. Now, again, it's a story, a good story for wrestling, a good story to maybe talk about. But the way people talk about Ken Patera is literally about that situation is embarrassing. Like, to be Ken Patera and people to dog you like the way they dog him 
it's pretty disgusting in a lot of ways. People nowadays don't know. Like, you can say how you feel, but you don't have to go to a point where you try to destroy someone. What's the point of destroying people? And look, we're, you know, me and Jimmy are guilty, right? And more me than Jimmy, right? Because I would say to Jimmy, I want to talk about this. This is what we're going to talk about. And, you know, Jimmy's always been a good partner. And even when he disagreed, he still was part of the team and went that way. And a lot of times it was good. A lot of times it was bad. Use Riddle, for example. Ken Patera says a disgruntled employee threw the boulder. I know he did. And I don't, look, I don't know if that's true or not. It didn't seem like Jim Brunzel and Greg Gagne thought it was true. But, again, here's a guy who was an Olympic weightlifter and let's call him an Olympic hero. And his greatest fame, you know, claim to fame is going to jail for a hamburger which is just insane in my mind. But going back to my other thought was, you know, Matt Riddle, right? Uh, we all remember Matt Riddle was accused of something by an independent wrestler right here on Long Island, and Jimmy and I defended him. And then all these other things started coming out about Matt Riddle where we eventually met whatever her name is, right? And, uh, and the reason I won't use her name anymore is because I just... I literally don't think I've never disliked a person more than that, right? So um, how quick that turns, right? So Jimmy and I did a pretty solid job on Matt Riddle, right? To a point where Matt Riddle was going to come on the show and then I think he wanted to kick the shit out of me. and Like literally he was going to be on that couch right after... His contract was up with the WWE. He was going to be sitting on a shot. It was a done deal, guys. Okay, I'm not bullshitting anyone, all right? That was a done deal. And then it got, like, then he kind of, like, I don't think he really knew who we were. Like, he knew who we were, but when the deal was done for him to come for the interview, I don't think he realized it was us. And once he found out it was us, the deal was squashed. But the fact of the matter is, is that we went after Matt Riddle off of someone else's supposed experience with him. And after you get to know that person, you realize, mm, I don't know if Matt Riddle really did this because this other one's a friggin' whack job. She's a literal whack job. Um, so that's why, you know, we're guilty. Right, we're guilty. We were guilty with the Marathi thing, right? Because we thought Marathi was a bad guy. And just going back to the start of the conversation, Marathi really wasn't a bad guy. He just was protecting Dan Marathi. And you know what? These guys will crush you. If you had a penny to your name, they would take that penny. So when people tell me. You know, about GoFundMe pages and things like that. I'm not funding anybody's GoFundMe page. Because, you know what? These guys would take your last penny, take your last shirt, you know? let's. I mean, let's get real. The kid in England, if Dutch Mantel, all of a sudden, the kid from England got on a bad streak and he didn't have any money. You think Dutch Mantel would consider, still do the show with him because they're friends? 
Dutch Mantel would be gone in 10 seconds and wouldn't know the dude's name anymore. I mean, let's get real here. Let's just get real. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Right? I mean, I said it, I said it what, uh, with Ken Kalua, right, with Marty Gennetti. Marty, Marty's been a good guy, right? I talk to him all the time. He's a good guy. But Marty's about Marty, too. It's just the way they are, man. And I'm just not, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not feeling it. All right, guys, I'm going to check on our guest, see what he's looking like. Let's see what's going on here. Yeah, I still see no You want to bounce ESO in? He wants to jump on the show. Yeah, I'll send him a, I'll send him an email right ESO now. is going to join me for awesome. a few, and then we'll see if uh, Justin Credible gets on. I know you guys are waiting for him, so. Finish what says, finish the fight with Marty. I don't want you guys to get me wrong. Just because I said they'll take you for the last dime doesn't mean that somewhere in there isn't a good person. I think somewhere along the line, they've been trained. And they, this is how they, it's, look, when they call you a mark, and I've learned this, so I'm not trying to be an expert here, um, they learn that from the circus. B40, saw a recent podcast, some, promote had not, uh, some promoter had a nightmare week. Well, B40, that was my hope to discuss that today. It is in the script. So if Justin joins us, you'll get to hear it live and in person, I promise you. Okay, because that will be one of the questions. Um, RJ, Marty's living the old party life. Lucky he's still around. Look, again, that's the other thing, too. I don't judge people on the lives they live, right? You know, um, I was listening to Dan and Benny. He had a good, one of my good friends, one of the real good guys, Rick Allen, on the uh, show. Now, that's a good guy, okay? That's an honest guy. That's a good guy. That's, but... Rick Allen, even though he was a very famous wrestler at the time, um, he's not—he's not one of them. Uh, he's not one of those wrestlers. He's just not. But um, Rick was on Dan and Benny in the ring, and Rick had said that you know he doesn't blame anybody for the life they live. It's just not something that he would condone. So um, you know. Marty's had a blessed life, right? He's had a lot of money. He's had a good time. He's got a bunch of good wrestling friends. Got a, got a little drinking going on. They enjoy themselves. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Again, all I'm saying is it doesn't make them bad people. It just makes them... Am I contradicting myself here, Abe? Because I feel like I'm contradicting myself. I, I don't want to say they're bad people. I'm just going to say that understand the beast that you're playing with yeah no i i think that that makes total sense i mean you you can never really tell when someone's going to be a, a bad person I mean, you can't always tell when someone's going to be a bad person right you know but that's what i mean i don't want to say they're bad people look again if you rape someone you hurt someone yeah that's more objective that's that's bad yeah okay if you go out of your way to destroy someone's career that's a bad person Right, yeah. because now you're you're a vindictive, right? On a lower level, if you take people's money and they're willing to let you take their money, it's bad because maybe morally you should be like, hey, I shouldn't take this dude's money or this girl's money, but I guess it's part of the game. I mean that that's definitely a way to look at it, but I think, you know, 
if you're the way you make money is off the backs of other people that are actually working hard in my it's all how you judge it right like i i look at those people and i i don't those people are scumbags you know they 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 don't want to work you're the one who's working so you know yeah that's a good point it, it, you know what it isn't the right way to act and then again here's the other thing too it's like I was a wrestler back in 1970. Yeah, I sold out Madison Square Garden, right? It's 19 it's 2023. You're now irrelevant. In reality, you're irrelevant. You're as relevant as I am. Yeah. Okay? And that's and that's not saying much. So my point is it's like, you know what? Check yourself. Understand yourself. <laughs> I mean, I'll go back to a year ago or a year and a half ago when I was ranting about A.J. Lee charging $900 and the promoter charging $900 for an autograph and a picture and something else. And it's like, at what point is enough enough here, right? It's like, this, this is, guys, this is why I don't belong, right? I'll tell you a story. Way back. I tried to get it, you know. I tried to get into promoting a little bit. I wanted to see if I could do it. So I had Roddy Piper, right? Roddy Piper, one of the all-time greats, famous guy, right? Bring him in, right? Decent price, I think. I literally think I was charging twenty dollars for an autograph and a picture, right? Which is in today's day and age, Roddy Piper would have been getting a hundred dollars, a hundred twenty. But here's the thing. People are online, and the line, guys, the line is long, man. It's, it's deep. It's long, and it's deep. And um, there's literal people coming up to me with their family, and the dude's got a crumpled $5 bill in his hand, and he's like, he's my hero. I'm not working. I can't afford it. I brought my family here just to meet Roddy Piper. And I'll be honest with you. Let the guy keep it. I don't know if I took the $5 or let him keep the $5. By let him go meet Roddy Piper. Yeah. Now, with respect to Eric Sims, there's no way in a million years Eric Sims would let this guy go meet Roddy Piper. Okay, I mean that's that's a fact. All right. Um, so that's when I guys, that's when I realized I wasn't meant for the promoting business, right? Because I realized, you know what, I don't have the heart. Like, I'm going to see a guy who idolizes someone, and he has his one opportunity to meet this guy, and I'm going to be the guy that stops that from happening? That's karma, man, right? But it's funny to me because I look at these things, and it seems like the guys that are the good guys are the guys that get screwed over in the end. Like, if you're just not a nasty son of a bitch, you're not going to win this fight. That seems to be how it goes, you know. It seems to be the most like cutthroat people somehow end up on the top, you know. And and it's it's good to be a good person, but I guess sometimes it just doesn't it does doesn't pay well, you know. Hey, Sims just chimed in. He just put nope. At least one thing about Sims <laughs> is he's honest, and that's why I like him, right? I do like Eric Sims a lot. He's honest, <laughs> but I gotta tell you. When he's on his deathbed, again, I don't know if this will happen, but he's going to think about all the things that he might have done, and he's going to, oh, there's my boy. He could chime in. I know he's a big Sims fan. But um, 
Hey, so thanks for joining, bro. Hey, what's going on there? All right, man. Um, so back to that, Abe, is I love Sims, Sims' honesty, but Sims worships the almighty dollar. Yeah, and that is not as fulfilling as, as some people make it seem. You know what I mean? Well, again, if you're winning, right, maybe that's all that matters. I don't know. What says, never trust an ECW ever when it comes to the business? Well, you might be right. So, Bruce, I'm waiting on Just Incredible. Did yeah, you watch yeah, Just Incredible growing up? I, I did. I saw him in the Attitude Era, but no, I mean, I was not a big Just Incredible fan. But, hey, you know, he, he definitely had his his time in the uh, in the spotlight there. Maybe not in the main spotlight, but... You know, he, he made it up to the big uh, to the big boys. Yeah. Yeah. Business and success is with ESS. I got to tell you. <laughs> so let me ask you something, Bruce. In the short time that you met Eric Sims, what were your thought processes when you're driving home, thinking about that wonderful – in fact, you know what? I'm going to give you the dais right now. Tell the people look, your yeah, experience that weekend – Soup the no, nuts. no, no. Let me let me start. No, let me start with the first time I met Eric. And uh, I, honestly, I have a lot more. I, I like Eric now. We, I, I, my first interaction with him was uh, the first time I came down to interview with you, and uh, when we we did uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich, Manny Fernandez back then, and I, I, I brought down. I, I, at that point, I was sponsoring the show, and you know, my main business is is t-shirts and custom apparel stuff like that. And Eric didn't even want to greet me. Eric says, hey, you have one in 3X. <laughs> uh, at this point, at this point, listen, I wasn't, I, I, I was so enamored because, you know, check, I, I'm, I'm hanging out with Marty Jannetty. I'm hanging out with Tommy Wildfire, Wildfire Ridge, Manny Fernandez, all these awesome, awesome people. And, uh, oh, Val Venus, Eugene. You know, it, it was a great night. So, like, I had these rose-colored glasses on. But, uh. I went home that night, and uh, one of the things that, that really struck me was Eric really wasn't that wasn't friendly. Um, he didn't know who I was, so he didn't care to get to know me at that point. Now, since then, I've met Eric several times since then. He knows me by name. We've gotten to have a, a little bit better of a, of a relationship. But, you know, it, it, it takes that little bit with him to, to get to that point. And, you know, I, I was there in the room with, with Eric and Sags, and... You know, Sags turns to me and says, you got 30 sponsors on this channel? I'm like, well, yeah, Jerry, actually, we probably have a lot more than that. But I And, uh, you know, I'm just sitting there. I'm trying to watch Phil and you interview uh, Magnum TA, and I got these two fighting in front of me. So. <laughs> you lost your sound. Yeah, that was. You, you lost sound? Now you're back. Okay, go ahead. Okay, sorry. Yeah, I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry about that, but uh, yeah, no, that was that was my first interaction with you know that that's been my interactions, and then here was the the part that you know so Eric and I are now sitting there in the uh, in the green room. It's just me and him, and we get to actually have a real conversation. And he is he's a good dude, but you know what? You got the agent Eric, and then you have the the real Eric, mm. and I think they're they're kind of two different uh, two different people there. That's a uh, that's a that's a good. 
That's a good analysis. Eric, there are two different Eric's for sure. I've seen both sides of them, right? So I, I can't disagree with that at all. How about your experiences with Tony Atlas? <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I have to say, as a kid, Tony was awesome. First time I met Tony, I was probably nine years old. He was gracious to the kids. Um, second time I met him, he had come out of the gym. Uh, he, he was in, in Newburgh, New York. Again, really cool dude. You know, sat, talked to me for a few minutes. You know, uh, I, didn't, I wasn't asking for autographs or anything, so it was just a you know, conversation. He happened to be literally staying in the city. He had, must have had a friend that lived, in, that lived in the condos that I lived in at that point because, you know, he was staying in that, uh, in that development there. Um, and then there was the uh, this the past weekend at uh, or the few weekends ago at uh, uh, the the big show in New York, and honestly, he was a totally different person. Uh, he was he was pleasant. Honestly, I had a friend of mine down there with me, awesome to my friend. But to me, he was kind of a little bit of a, a of a dick. I was a little bit surprised. He thought that I was trying to screw you over by working with Eric. So, which, which, no okay, idea. I can appreciate that, right? So that was okay with me when you told me that story. I was like, all right, I understand that. That you know, at least he was protecting my interests. You know what I mean? <laughs> no, I get it. I get it. But it just was a little, uh, a little strange. I mean, I, I met him that morning, and you know, we, we were all hanging out. You know, whatever. There was no problems up until up up until later in the day. But uh, and then at one point, he, you know, he kind of tried to work me a little bit in the in the green room, and I wasn't having it. So we had a little. Not an argument, but I, I put him in a, not put him in his place. But I, it's my eye. I'm watching you guys interview in a room over. But at the same time, here's the reality: I still have other shit going on. I, I got something on my phone. I needed to look something up, so I went on my iPad. I needed to to do something. Tony and Jerry Sags are, I don't know, or five feet away from me. I go on my, you know, I, I turned off on my iPad. Tony turns around, starts yelling at me. What are you doing that for? I'm watching that. that but you're not watching this. You're arguing with this guy over here. Stop trying to work me. You're just, I, you're just trying to get attention from me. I at got, this point. I got, I, I got Phil in the house, but I'll tell you a quick story. Awesome. Then I'm going to go to Phil. Early on, we had Tony Atlas for an interview and Jimmy used to do a segment called um, five minutes with the Pharaoh. And, you know, Jimmy's very good. He's very artistic, and he does really good comedy skits, etc. So we're done with the interview with Atlas. Fantastic interview. Literally an hour and a half with Atlas. One, you know, interviewing him. We go in the, he goes in the green room, Atlas, and Jimmy follows him and says, Jimmy, can I sh uh, Tony, can I shoot a five minutes with the Pharaoh with you? I believe Sims might have been the agent at the time. And Atlas says to him, who's this guy? Get him the fuck out of here. Who are you? And Jimmy was literally crushed. Like, because Atlas was a hero of his, and the way Tony dressed him down, I remember Jimmy was crushed for like a month. And that's my that's my whole point of the start of this conversation, since I'm right now just incredible uh incredibleless, discuss my real experiences <laughs> and what I really feel. And who better also to discuss their experiences? Phil, I know you've had many. And I'm not leading you. Give us a story, brother. I'm, I will I'll first we'll cover Mr. Sims, whom I had the opportunity to meet uh, down in Long Island uh, 
you know, a month and a half ago. And, and actually, Bruce was right next to me when I met Eric. Bruce, do you remember the situation? We were at the table. No. <laughs> you no, don't remember? Going, but no, I don't. I'll, 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 I'll describe it. Uh, Tony Atlas was busy signing the glossy pictures, and Mr. Sims comes up to me like like Mr. Burns coming up to Homer Simpson, not, you know, <laughs> never remembering <laughs> with all the personality. Yeah, Eric is a little bossy. <laughs> hey, separate those pictures. Make sure they don't smudge anything. Do you work for them? I said, well, yeah, kind of, but I'm not kind of working here right now. And then I think he turned to you and he snapped at you and said, Come on, man! Separate those pictures. You know you're going to smudge everything up. So, um, to give him credit, honestly, I, I, when you're using those sharp, I, I learned that day. Had no idea beforehand, and I'm I'm there helping out. I mean, you know, Eric did give me I, the way you have to stack them so they don't so they yeah. don't smudge because the sharpie takes a a little bit of oh, time. Yeah. But at the at the same time, no, Eric was a dick about that. I'd say he's probably a great businessman, but he's he's learning the human interaction thing. I think, but I think he he seems like a good guy at heart, though. I have to say, he yeah, just well, uh, well, it's a unique approach. I think the situations. He just overlooked the the rough edges. Here's he, yeah. he the, here's the thing, and I'll defend Sims here because I do like Sims a lot. Oh yeah, he is an agent like Marathi was, so I know deep in Sims's heart, he knows that he can't let the guys that we spoke about earlier run roughshod over him because he was a wrestling fan because he knows in the end result that he's going to lose money and he's going to be taken advantage of. So oh, I kind of get total, the reason he acts that way. He was, you know, when he was telling me, hey, don't, you don't want that to smudge. Hey, that one's got a smudge on it. You know what? You just cost him 10 bucks. It yeah. makes sense. Yeah. No, I get that. Uh, it just the way, the way, you know... The, the people skills thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, he, like, like, he's uh, definitely challenged on that. Yeah, that's but again, we're all blessed and, and cursed in different ways, you know? And Tony is an interesting character, too. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you've ever talked to Tony, you know... Um, well, Phil, let me stop you right there. Here's my question. Okay. Who was right and who was wrong in the Marathi Atlas fight? Oh, well, we know that Dan did go to some extreme measures to um, exact, I guess, I'd say a little vengeance. And, you know, it's interesting. And, and I think that was Dan's personality. I don't know if it was the Boston in him, the Italian in him, or, or what it was. But um, we saw it with Justin. And I don't know if you're going to broach that subject, Mike, or you were intending to talk to Justin about his last appearance on Boston Wrestling. I don't know if you know much about what happened. Do you, no, I do, you do remember not. That? Fill me in. Well, um, Justin had come down, and I actually met him at the studio a few times. Um, he was slated to do a series of uh, interviews, I think even a weekly sort of thing. And he being in Connecticut, you know, relatively close to the Boston studios, he's able to drive up. So he had a deal with Dan, and, of course, Dan had prepaid him. And... Um, he was scheduled to come up again, and he just blew it off. He, you know, maybe he has a million excuses. Maybe they're all legitimate. I don't know, but it seems like this has been a kind of a, a, a history here. So he no-showed Dan, and and Dan uh, basically aired the last recorded show with Justin. And this show went on air. I want mind you, this show went on the air the night that Dan died. So. 
it, very, very weird timing. At the end of the show, Dan blasted Justin's phone number on the screen. He explained what happened and put Justin's phone number on the screen and uh, had a little, uh, I guess, a little more revenge, too. So, you know, uh, that was Dan's thing, you know. If, if you screw him, he's, he's going to get you back, and uh, perhaps even more so. So, right. you know, was it extreme? Was it too much? You know, in Tony's case, it was very personal, and with the family especially, I totally get it. It's, you know, family kind of should be off limits, I think. Yeah, that, well, that beyond that, though, little... who was wrong there? Tony told me the story that Dan would give him no money at all, basically. And then when he finally asked for a raise, they had a falling out, and Tony said, okay, I just don't want to do your show anymore. And then Dan went on the offensive on him. Is that true? Only Dan really knows that. Only Dan and Tony, I think, ultimately, because Dan would keep, you know, what Dan says and, and you know, what happened might be a little different, you know, um, and Dan kept some of those things close to his vest. Um, I think maybe both parties were a little bit at fault. You know, Dan certainly helped Tony up a big time, and Tony, in turn, during COVID, invited Dan up to the house, came up to Maine, and, and they did their uh, their interviews there. And let me point you to a video, if you don't have it already and if you haven't seen it. One of the funniest scenes was Dan was on the porch interviewing Tony. And Dan had a, a, a just a, an inordinate, tremendous fear of cats. And the neighbor's cat apparently jumped into the, um, in, into the picture, actually, as they were broadcasting. And Dan jumped out of his seat, almost shrieking like a girl and swearing. It was just, it was the best <laughs> scene, man. And... Uh, priceless so i tell everyone check it out funny 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 so, i watched it a million so, times so phil be, being part of that boston wrestling scene and everything did you see uh dan taking advantage of wrestlers like marty Jannetty and iron Sheik and tony atlas and some of the other ones that have accused no. him of, of doing that or do you no. see it, more of the wrestlers working against you know, I, it could be a leverage thing, too. I mean, you know, and the rest was, you know, they'll, they'll jump around from one person, one podcast, one interview to the next program to the next program, and they might be using this as leverage to command a higher price. And, you know, everything's a negotiation. And, you know, even though you might settle on the terms and go through with the, with the service, go through with the interview and everything else, maybe in hindsight they, they question themselves. Maybe they could have gotten a little more and... You know, so I think I think sometimes uh, some resentment might build and and might take the form of, of uh, you know statements like that. So I don't know, man. I, the wrestlers are the workers ultimately. You know. And, well, let uh, me ask you. Let me ask you the the, the the question to both of you. Both of you growing up, lifelong wrestling fans, and then finally, not saying you got behind the curtain, but close enough. Did the experiences ruin everything that you imagined? I don't think so. Go ahead, Bruce. I I will say, Tony Atlas. This past time I met him as an adult, for the first time. I mean, when I I mean I met him as an adult in my early or late teens, early twenties. But that was a little disappointing to to the the, just to see kind of that the other side of the veil. I'm not disappointed in meeting. I, I've gotten to meet some amazing people in the last couple of years, but overall, there there's definitely a different side to things when, when you realize how much these guys do try to work work everybody. Um, 
especially the ones that didn't necessarily get to the the top of the top of the cards and that are you know came out of the the 80s and the 90s and are now just uh doing the inter- the autograph circuit to to make a living and stay and uh stay alive it's that that's that's where i think it's a little disappointing but yeah, and I, you know, I think I do have some sympathy considering, I mean, we see also, we also get to see how hobbled some of these guys are. I mean, how difficult it is for some of them to even move now. So I think with that comes some sympathy, some understanding, and maybe why they act the way they do, you know? It's interesting. Uh, and, you know, Marty in person is really kind of the same Marty we see on screen, I would say, for the most part, you know? Uh he, he I, I think he is kind of who he is, no matter what, you know, when the cameras are on or not, you know. And uh, I, I think that's true for most of these people, too. They, they are kind of, they are who they are in large part. And, uh, you know, can they be a little conniving, a little shady sometimes? I guess so. But you know what? That might just be a product of what they've been exposed to and what they felt on their end. So, you know, I, I think being a wrestler is... I think is also, I think now it's also recognizing that because, you know, it, I, I would say me in my 30s, if I would have been approached by a, you know, some of these wrestlers that I've met in the way they, I, I you have to just treat them as human or as soon as they pull the bullshit out, you gotta, you, you just, you cut, cut, cut the crap right away because they will work you. They're gonna, they're gonna try and work you. They're gonna try and get, get over on you. And that, that's, that's the sad part about it. But, uh. Overall, once you do that, I think that most of them are okay people. But listen, you still got to have your guard up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know. To me, to me, it's scary that you have to have your guard up. Right? You got to do business the right way. Oh yeah, yeah. But and you know, know what? what? I grew up in New- I grew up in New York, and the area of New York I- I'm from, Orange County, Newburgh, New York. You got to have your guard up all the time, anyway, because it is they're, they're, it's scammers. There's everybody's out to work you for something, and listen, I'm I'm the nicest person in the world, but I'm I'm not an idiot. So, it's you always have to have your guard up. If if it smells if it smells like roses, it's probably shit. So, <laughs> you got you got to if they're present the more they the more they the more they hype it up, the more you got to think. Uh, what's the other side? You said Orange County. Is that where the Tuttles are? Where that that motorcycle? Oh yeah, that? those guys are hustlers. Those guys. Uh, yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah, hustlers. I actually, I actually, uh, I, I Paul Tuttle. I knew a, a little bit. Um, senior or junior? Paul, it's Paul Tuttle Junior. Junior. Yeah, I, I did know yeah. Senior a little bit too. I met him, but Paul Tuttle Junior. We were. He was a few years older than me, but we. Uh, I, I was a baseball player. He was a baseball player, and he was just up. He was always pompous dick. He, oh, you know, yeah. here, and, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. Even, and I'm probably more guilty than most, right? If you trust someone too much, you're going to get burnt. And you, you know absolutely. the players that you're playing with, right? So it's the script is written there, right? So yeah. we use tonight for an example. I knew there was more than a 50% chance that he was not showing up tonight. Me too. Absolutely. But yes, I said, you know what? That. This is Monty and the Pharaoh. These guys know how important we are. He won't. I'm hoping he won't blow it. 
But yeah. I always verify, right? I always verify two days before, three a day before, just to make sure because shit happens, right? People have their real lives, and I get it. But the the minute I just knew it, like after he said he was, he's like all good. I knew something was wrong. Yeah. And then when I wrote him tonight, just to make sure, and then it took a while for an answer, I knew there was a problem. But then then you fall into the survival mode, right? You're like, oh, shit, what am I doing now? I'm, I'm yeah. knee-deep in it. All I can hope is that someone's going to stand by their word. And then most honestly and most of the time, they just don't. Yeah. This is the third instance where I personally know – the party involved, the parties involved on the back end who are getting burned by this guy. The third instance, the third instance in however many years it's been, two and a half years or whatever, seems like every year I'm part party of this the situation where he he just doesn't show, doesn't honor his but, end. But let's talk you know? the reality of it though. This is just incredible. <laughs> right? It's not like this is Magnum TA, right? It's not like, th dare I say, Steve this Kerr. Never made, he's never main evented anything. How about just unreliable? Maybe, well, dude, there's a whole bunch of just, you know, just at the bar, just the dealer's <laughs> late. There's a lot of that going on in the chat. If I read this, it's hilarious. But it's like, you know... <laughs> I was actually going to do the show based on protecting him against the promoter that did the whole thing on Hannibal's, that, that guy, wow. right? I was actually going to, like, protect him, you know, be like, hey. But the reality of it is I knew what was going to happen. And it was like I told Abe I'm going to go. He's at work. I'll give him in half an hour. We'll start the show late. RJ says, <laughs> Just where's just my weed? <laughs> Mike, Mike, if you can get a hold of this guy that talked to Hannibal, I'll get a hold of Jim Burgoyne from Lucky Pro, and we'll get Gary McKinstry on to connect with Dan on the other side, and we'll all talk about our experiences. I think I Justin. think that would be a great Gary. <laughs> Gary's a hero of mine, so as we Me know, too. yeah, um, yeah. But again, am I listen? Everybody hung in there. You guys came on. It was good. You know what? A good discussion. I don't want to come off as being a hater. I don't want to come off as being not humbled by my experience on this show. But the reality of it is I'm a realist. And, um, you know, I will tell you most of the time I'm disappointed by uh, for whatever reason. Now, there's some great guys out there. There's Tito Santana, right? Stand-up yeah. guy. Incredible human being. Um, Maven. Stand-up guy. Good guy. Yeah. But then you got the Wolfie D's of the world, right? Like, hey, I want to be on your channel. I'm going to do a video. Okay, listen. If I sell a sponsor for your show, that means you have to stay on for the year, right? Because they're paying for it. This is real business, right? They're paying for it. The minute he got that money, he was done. 
Went to 7-Eleven, got his beer, whatever the fuck else he does, and he was done. This is the way these guys are. And it's like it amazes me that they even get supported at this point. Legitimately. And well, I, this is, listen, yeah, I'll call I it like you. it is because I've I, seen it all. I've seen uh, I, how they all act and what they do and how they act. You know what I'm saying? You know who's a good I, guy? Can... Jamie Dundee is a good guy. So, Phil, you were down there with me at the big event. Yeah. How many wrestlers were there promoting themselves and how short were those lines? Because they've alienated everybody else. Yeah. A you good know, there, number. There were people. There were a lot. I mean... I, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to drop any, uh, any names, but there might have been somebody with no chin that had absolutely nobody there. I, I, I went by his uh, spot. Yeah, yeah, I didn't, yeah not, a, not a single soul. What's the point, though? What's your point? Well, it just the, it, it kind of shows how they, they've kind of, you know, they haven't, they've gotten themselves to that point where they're not, you, you didn't have a spot, you didn't have a, an agent bringing them in, you had nobody else bringing them in, and then they made no, no, no money on it. They made themselves a little bit on the irrelevant side. Okay, so, so I want to be fair here, and I'm not trying to discredit you, Bruce, but let's be honest here. They had Rhea Ripley, the Bella yeah, Twins, yeah. Uh, Mandy Rose. I mean, who's, so listen, so well, we, well Mr. Chin. Hold on, let me get my right point. On... It goes back to the original conversation. You were a famous wrestler in the 80s. It is now 2023. You are now irrelevant. You're not relevant anymore. Who's relevant? Rhea Ripley, the Bella Twins. God, I can't believe I'm saying this. Mandy. Hook. You know what I mean? It's like you're irrelevant. So... The only point I would say to your point is then stop working people so much. Yeah. Honesty goes far. So, it can so, go far. So, uh, did you see uh, – have you seen the lineup for that for that next big event that they've got going? Um, RVD is going to be there again, isn't he? Well, uh, the, I they've got Stacey Keebler, Tori Wilson, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle. Yes. Um, Oh, they uh, the the they have they've got oh, a Francine. Uh, they've got a lot of women this time, and they haven't even announced the uh, the big headliners. Yeah, yet, but you so. see the ones you just named there. There'll be absolutely no lines for them either. When the WWE they bring in their talent, right? So yeah. who knows? They're going to bring in Becky Lynch and, and Seth Rollins. Game over. All those people you named, there ain't no one signing up for them. Well, maybe they should uh, keep the playing field level and not have these. Have it focus on stars of the 90s, stars oh, of yeah, the Oh, yeah, Sim 80s. says MJF is coming in. But, again, that's the problem. Whoever's promoting that event is yeah. crushing everything else. He's make, They're making – again, if people keep getting tables, it doesn't matter to them, right? It, they're fine yeah. with it. I, I don't, you know, they got the MJF they... there. I don't know if MJF is going to draw a ton. Like, I guess he will. I don't know. Well, here's the reality. If you look at it, I don't even think the tables matter at that point. All of us are, are just extra because they're probably making enough off of all those headliners coming in that we don't even matter. Yeah, that's the point. Absolutely. I agree 100%. But, you know, going back to the original fact is, like, just incredible. It's like, really, dude? <laughs> you can't make your no. commitment? 
That might be his new gimmick, being a no-show. He could parlay that into a new act. Maybe we'll see him on what, TV. What's his new name? We're not Just, on just Invisible? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know. He, he's anyway. talking, wait, that's, that's copyright infringement. You can't see me. Wait. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's right. That's right. You can't find any jorts that fit him anymore. Sims is right. Sims is saying no money for the little guy. There is no money for the little guy. Not for those events. Not for yeah. those events. All right, yeah, anyway, I, I want to thank you guys for joining me. I'm sorry, guys, if you're waiting for Just Incredible. I'll check my messages one more time. I doubt there's anything here, but we'll check. I'm sure many people have his number now. Give him a call. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing from Just Incredible, so I guess he's just out of luck. Anyway, um, I want to thank you guys. I want to wish everybody a Merry Christmas out there. And uh, Phil, Bruce, I much appreciate you guys, what you've done for the channel and the Monty and the Farrell show. And uh, I really do appreciate that. Um, I want to tell you all, love you. Um, and uh, we'll talk soon. We love you, man. All Thanks. Right, God well, bless later, the Monty family. All righty. Love you, Pharaoh, too.